0: Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women and how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwithit.org. Welcome to another edition of the Get With It podcast. Today we have with us Christy Flores. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. I even did a little roll of the R's.
1: It was, it was impressive, Elizabeth. Yeah. I
0: mean, I worked real hard on that one. I did it.
1: <laughs> so, Christy, I, first I have to know, are you Eastern Standard Time? I am not. I am in Portland, Oregon. So we're Pacific coast here.
0: Okay. So that's three hours behind us That's right. here in, in Midwest. Right. So, um, it's four, four o'clock there. So your day is almost coming to an end. That's right. All right. Okay. I, I always like to find that out because I don't like to assume. So Portland, Oregon, another important question.
1: Is it raining there? Elizabeth, it is not raining right now, but it is cold. So you uh, noticed I was drinking some tea. It's like 55 degrees. Yeah, it should be. You know, I think it's much, much warmer from what I saw from the national weather for you, um, maybe in the 80s. So, yeah, we're still bundled up over here in uh, Oregon.
0: Mm. Christy, that's bullshit. If you ask me straight up, we are in May no
1: 55. I know. I know we've had the wettest April on record. So you're telling me that the team and I, the family, we're all ready for some sunny weather. We're hoping it comes in June, but this is, uh, although we've had some warmer the last couple of years, it historically, it's, you know, it's pretty overcast and wet, but we don't let it get us down too much. We still get out there. We're tough.
0: Okay. All right. So,
1: all right. Well, we're going to learn all about you. We're,
0: we'd like to start with your background. You don't have to go real far back. I've had some people like want to go all the back to elementary school. <laughs> That's real far. So maybe high school, like how you kind of got where you're going, went off to college
1: or trade school, you know, all that good jazz. We like to hear all that sounds great okay well if we really want to start in high school um we just moved back from australia um so although i oh okay time out now we have to go farther back
0: because (laughs) you just threw australia out there so the rest of us are like what the hell what what do you mean you moved back from australia
1: so now you got to go further back girl okay we'll go a little bit further back then okay Um, so we, my mother's from Oregon, my dad is from Europe, he's from Austria, and they love to travel. So although I was born in Oregon, um, my dad just loved, he loved Australia and education system, and he somehow convinced my mother with four daughters to move to Hawaii for a couple of years, and then to Australia for about six. Um, and then they got a divorce, so we moved back to Oregon, where my mom had she went to the University of Oregon. So her degree was worth more in the United States, especially after being home with children for most of her career. Um, so it was a bit disruptive. Moving from sunny Australia to rainy Oregon in December. And then also with the disruption of like having a single mother, trying to provide for four children, it it was disruptive, but it definitely gave me a lens for and a lot of motivation for how I made decisions in my life for sure.
0: Okay, so um really important question here. This might be the really intense question. Aren't there large spiders and snakes in Australia just going down the road there like poisonous?
1: <laughs> um there's a lot of poisonous um animals in Australia. And you know what's funny is when you're growing up in Australia it's just part of the education. So you don't really think differently because they bring it like they educate you about what to look out for when you're in school. So I remember, you know, being told like what types of spiders we needed to look out for, um, you know, the Brown and black snakes that would creep in from the sugarcane fields, the box jellyfish, how to look out for those. So it was just kind of part of like where you went, you were just as a kid, you're like, okay, that's what I look for. And just be careful. And, um, It wasn't until we moved back here that I thought, and I look back on that experience, I think, I guess there really was a lot of deadly things, but you know, as a kid, you, you normalize what you're told and you get educated and you do what you can.
0: Moved to Oregon and there's probably nothing.
1: (laughs) Right. Apparently all those deadly animals don't like a lot of um, rain and
0: cold. No, you're in a good spot.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you're back in the United States in high school. Yeah. And then you go off to. I, um, I went off to a liberal arts school in my kind of hometown. Um, and it worked... met? did I say that right? William met. hmm Well,
0: all right. I was close. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of an acquired word for people. in the Midwest. But you know, it was a great, it was a great school. It was, um, close to home, but I lived on campus. So it allowed me to continue working throughout school. So I worked at like the local Applebee's and Gap. And um, so I could, I could, I wanted that experience that I could really immerse myself in school, because that was a big priority for me to just have the school experience. But of course, I also needed to make sure I could pay for my school. So um, yeah, well, it was a great, great school, couple thousand um, students, big kind of like law focus, political science, um, your kind of average or kind of very typical liberal arts school. So what did you
0: study? Like, did you know when you left high school, what you wanted to go into? So when you, you did,
1: I did, I said, you know, I thought I'm going to be a physician or doctor or an attorney. Cause I liked people around the medical field. And I thought, um, that was going to be perfect. I did an internship which I hated. I almost passed out during one of the procedures. And then I, like, I really had an awakening my sophomore year. And I thought, Christy, like you live for all your political science classes, and those are the books you really want to read. So do you really want to, you know, go into medicine when you're not enjoying it? You're not that good at the science classes. So it was kind of, you know, it's a a moment of clarity. It was a bit hard for like a young kid where you, you know, made this vision. And I think part of it for me was I liked helping people. My mom's a social worker, but I also thought financially I could kind of like get myself in a position that I could potentially help create a better life or even help my, my mother or my parents in the future. So, um, but at the end of the day, you've got to be happy. Right. So,
0: I mean, Mm -hmm. so, okay. So political science,
1: yeah, I loved it. I love like, mostly, um, I was really intrigued with um, international politics, a lot of human- humanitarian work, um, just everything that was related to it, and especially around equality and, and how um, different governments work. And so that was, I just realized, I, I wasn't quite sure how I'd use it, but I, I knew I enjoyed it. And that's how I made the decision.
0: So you graduated with political science
1: mm-hmm.
0: degree yep.
1: I did and Spanish, so the two of
0: them oh, and Spanish
1: mm-hmm.
0: you were ready to take on the world I was girl, you could be like the next president.
1: <laughs> I need to talk to you more often than Elizabeth. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we need we need to adjust (laughs) our political science stuff going on. So, you graduate, and
1: what happens? You get a job. I did. Well, it was two thousand and two, so I'm going to date myself here. But uh, if you if anyone was living during those times, and remember, it was not a great time in the economy. So, I remember applying for so many jobs. And most of them required a law degree or they just wouldn't call me back, um, which was a bit of an awakening for someone that was just graduating thinking like, oh, I'm going to apply to a couple of jobs and everyone's going to offer me (laughs) this great role. Uh, It didn't happen. So um, I eventually, after I continued to work at Applebee's um, and about six months later, someone that I worked with at Applebee's who also graduated from Atlanta was a a recruiter in a technology company up in Portland. And so she mentioned that a job was opened and I went into in inside sales at a local technology company.
0: Oh, inside sales.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, let's talk about that for a minute. That. Hmm.
1: You know, I loved it because it was, Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a, a nine to five job. I wasn't working in the when everyone had free time, it was like more money than I thought I would be making. And it was fun. I like really loved business. I loved the customer aspect of things. I know that you um, also help um, women get into new opportunities from the hospitality industry. I personally have a great appreciation for like my job because of how hard some of those early jobs are, you know, when you, you work and it's it's a lot of work. So sometimes I often think that my job today as a CMO is, is a little bit easier than facing a hungry employee at Applebee's at uh, 6 p.m. and um, trying to tell them why their their food isn't coming sooner.
0: Yeah, hungry people are are the meanest people. <laughs> I mean, hangry is nothing to mess with in this world. Man, I'm telling you what. <laughs> I have to agree. Yeah. 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 You can shoot somebody down for whatever else, but if they're hangry, oh, you
1: are, that's deadly waters right there. (laughs) Um, There's only so many soda and tea refills. You can get somebody before. That's right. Yeah.
0: Or bread. So you get this tech job. You Mm -hmm. love it. Where, Where do you go from there? Like what happens?
1: you know, I just, I was around a lot of great people that maybe saw a little bit more of me than I saw myself, but I was always willing to work really hard. So I just kind of loved what the job that I had. And then the next one came up and I got into product management. Um, I eventually left that company because I realized it was a small company. It wasn't too small. It was probably 200 million, but it was, I was doing a lot of marketing on my own. And I knew, you know, out of college, there was a lot that I didn't know. So I went to go work at Tektronix, which is a company I'm still working at, um, which is a much larger company, about a billion dollars. And um, I knew I'd be surrounded by a lot of mentors that could help build my my craft in marketing, which is ultimately what I wanted to do. After a couple of years in, in business, I realized the marketing area is, is really a good fit for what I'm interested in.
0: Yeah. there. That's a niche, man. I'm telling you what, um, I've learned quickly. I suck at marketing, so I need people like you in my life that yeah. can do it. Cause I'm not good at it. Really? So did you like come
1: in? I don't want to say ground level, but is that how that works? Yeah. I was a marketing communications manager, which, um, yeah, it was, it was a um, a job that you can start out with. It was a lot of writing, which I enjoy doing. Um, Tektronix is a very technical company. So even though I came from high tech, Tektronix is like a new level of technical because we're creating equipment that engineers use to design all the electronics in the world. So um, it was fascinating to me to, to learn about a, a company and an industry that I didn't know much about um, so yeah, it took me several years to really get comfortable with like how I'm writing and this customer we're, um, connecting with and building products for, but it, I loved it from the beginning. Okay. So go back.
0: We need more definition behind tech. Te- I can't say it. Tektronix. Did uh, I say it right?
1: it. nailed it. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know people listening are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She just went way over, way, way too fast over that. We need more. So what is the, I don't know. We need to know more.
1: I know. So Tektronics is really the beginning of so many electronics that we use from our laptops to phones, TVs, the, the planes that you fly in and the electric vehicles and other vehicles that you drive in. So Any engineer that's developing electronics needs test equipment. So they need equipment to help make sure like, is this electronic working correctly? And is it passing all the standards that we need? So our customers are everyone from fortune 500, anyone in the fortune 500 list that's building electronics. You can guarantee um, are using our products. We've got NASA, we've got, um, we've got startups. It's a, it's a, Big list, Elizabeth.
0: Wow. NASA. So the rockets that go into space
1: could use your electronics for testing? Yeah. So when as they build those all of their equipment, they essentially need that to understand: is this really working the way we want it to work? Before they put something into space, you can imagine that the understanding of how those electronics are working the the fidelity of them are really important so there's a lot of testing that happens and they they use our products like oscilloscopes and multimeters a lot of products Holy moly. Oh.
0: I wouldn't be able to say like half of probably the products that any company uses i would be mm-hmm. like that do think do hickey thing you need that yeah. over time you would. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so now my question is how do you go from being the communications you said manager, right?
1: Uh yeah, marketing communications. I was an individual contributor. So I was marketing communications. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, to to the CMO.
1: CMO. That's a good question. It's fourteen year journey. Um, <laughs> they didn't just come up to you like two yeah. years in, and they're like, "Hey, girl, we <laughs> see it in you." I know. You know, secretly, when I was that you know young, early in career, um, person working, if you know, I looked up to that role and thought, "Could that be something that would be possible?" I probably never said it loud enough, just in my own head, um, but. I was fortunate enough to, I first had so much passion and interest that I really wanted to work really hard in the roles that I had that, um, I was then able to move into a lot of the other different teams and slowly start leading people and then more people. And then this position came up two years ago and they offered it to me. And it was one of those pinch me moments. Like, are you sure? Like me, is this happening? Um, But, um, you know, it's a huge responsibility, but it's also a huge honor, so.
0: Oh, girl, you're a rock star. What, you shouldn't second guess yourself. You should have been, like, you're damn right you want me. (laughs) What took you so long? (laughs) Exactly. Where were you 10 years ago? Come on, (laughs) people. Yeah. Yeah. So you've
1: been there 14 years. Mm, I know. I I never thought, you know, I really thought it would be maybe five years and I would learn a lot of great stuff. Um, But I, I live for like learning and great people. And so I've always had the next new opportunity to learn and, and build, you know, my capabilities. And there's been a lot of great people at tech. So. And you haven't gotten stuck. No, fortunately it's a great culture where they've really given you great opportunities, even when, you know, it's a stretch. Um, you know some corporations like to like over ensure that you're ready for a role. I'd say the last few roles there was still a lot of learning for me to do as I got into it, but there was a lot of support for me to grow into it and um, and I, a lot of I guess faith that they that I could do it sometimes maybe more than I, I saw in myself
0: well Where that's like, great. I mean that's a great culture because a lot of times women would be overlooked for that role um, or any roles past, you know, a manager. Um, that's one thing we talk a lot about and get with it is that those senior roles are, are, are far and few between for, for women sometimes. Um, so that's great that the company itself recognizes their talent.
1: Yeah, I agree. It helps our, our president as a female and. Um, oh, hell yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she has been incredible. She's been an incredible sponsor and mentor for me. But um, I'd say when I started 14 years ago, I really there wasn't as much diversity in the senior management, which even I think, you know, caused some of my confidence or lack of confidence around. Is this possible? I don't have an engineering degree. I'm female. Um, is there space for me there? And, and sometimes it needs a leader to help kind of create a different view of what leadership looks like, so.
0: Definitely, definitely. All right, all right, president, female, all right. How many, What? now this might be, you might not be able to answer this, but do you happen to know how many women in that large corporation you have on that leadership, like that senior
1: level and above? So at the executive level? Yeah. So we did yeah, right now there's 4 including my president out of maybe 11
0: Gotcha. Okay, well, not bad. Yeah. I mean better than zero, that's for sure. Yeah. So, okay. okay. Now do you in um tectronics do you have like internal women groups like technology women women in tech like focus groups or anything that you kind of help promote what you got? Cause I, I think that how you even second guessed yourself, I'm sure there are a lot of others that are out there like
1: that. Yeah, absolutely. We do have a group and you'll be pleased to hear that it's, it's called wit. So it's not get wit it, but it is women in technology. Um, and they're an, an incredible e- EFRG. So employee friends resource group, they, um, do a wonderful job of like trying to really advocate for women in tektronics. I co-lead the allies across Florida, which is our parent company has EFRGs and it's really a more, um, general group of allies. So whether it's women or people of color, um, or different, um, underrepresented minorities, but. Okay. Yeah.
0: So are you worldwide? Must
1: be right. Yep. We're a global company. And so then does everybody work remote? We don't. So we've got a big headquarters in Portland or Beaverton, Oregon. We've got offices in 21 different countries around the world. Um, I would say, you know, some teams, that need equipment like electrical engineers and sometimes our other mechanical and other types engineers, they need to go in the office a little bit more because they need access to physical equipment. Um, And but there's a lot of teams that can also be remote um, or need to do more virtual work. So I lead a global organization. I've got 80 employees globally. We've got about 35, 40% of them here in the United States, but the rest are outside of the US, which means that our teams spend time a lot of times in the morning or late at night to make sure that we're really connecting as a team more globally. So it's a mix. We've got in-person, like kind of on-site, we've got virtual and we've got remote teams. Gotcha. Okay. And then when the whole
0: COVID pandemic happened, how did that, what did that do to to your mix
1: to our mix. So for marketing specifically, um, we pretty much had to go work almost all, um, remotely. And I would say it was incredible to watch the team really not skip a beat. You know, there were obviously different challenges that we had to face and, um, and working through different ways that we could build collaboration and connect. But um, we were incredibly successful in doing that to a point where I think we connect or it resonates with a lot of other people going through the same experience where the teams almost went to overdrive, where they worked so much virtually and remotely that we had to find ways to really create boundaries and opportunities for employees to take a break, and um, get some space to reflect and even work through all the things that are happening in the world.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. We're we, a lot of people that I've talked to. They said that people went the extreme other way. Like they would work all day, all night, you know, they would take breaks. They'd jump on in the weekends. And yeah. Um, so yeah, it caused some mental distress for employees to be able to un- unconnect from a computer um but like your sales so your products that had to have affected the face-to-face customer relationship right because if you couldn't go to nasa to those uh, astronauts and say look you need these products for testing and whatnot how did how did that How'd you deal with
1: that? It's amazing when you have these constraints, what people do and how creative they get. So they would, you know, for some of these products that are really high end and Elizabeth, we sell everything from products that are maybe, you know, below a thousand dollars up to hundreds of thousands of dollars of configurations that a company or an organization like NASA would need. um, That's pretty complex. So the teams, our sales teams, our application engineers, which help with the sale because it's so technical, they oftentimes would get on calls just like this, where it's going to be virtual and they would do demos remotely. Um, We could send our customers products, but it was really not the... We had to change from this face-to-face engagement. Um, And in some cases for military government, airspace, defense, sometimes as things lightened up a little bit, we could do um, some person-to-person engagement. But by and large, the team just made it work. Wow. And you didn't see any drop? No. No. No, if anything, the electronics industry is just through the roof. So we, you know, we service companies that are helping to build data centers. So you think about the amount of data that consumers are using to keep up with all of their YouTube and Hulu and and Netflix watching. Um, And then also all of the, the demand for electronics around, you know, the use of, so all of our customers around, semiconductor and building chips. There's such an increased demand for all of that. So if anything, the surge in demand for electronics is just gone gangbusters. And um, we're busy, very busy keeping up with customers.
0: I live in um, an area where Intel is building a new data warehouse.
1: Ah, really?
0: Uh Uh-huh. It's like a big deal around here because we have Amazon and we have Google and we have Facebook and so Intel is is moving in on on that. Uh huh. Where are you located? So I'm in Aetna, Ohio, which is outside of Columbus. Okay. And funny enough, um, our Amazon friends and and um, let's see, there's a Kohl's warehouse now and FedEx. They don't pay property tax. They got a deal, and so it's it's very um, out. Um, it's like outside of Columbus, but it's very. Um, they get they get the cut. They get the deal. The wink, mm-hmm. the wink, wink of not paying the property tax. <laughs> so yes, so Intel is moving in on that. Okay. So, Thanks. Yeah. So interesting. So, all right. Wow. Okay. Enough shop talk. We like to know things like,
1: what do you do outside of work? We do. do? Well, I don't lead an incredibly exciting life outside of work. um, I have two small children. So my life revolves a lot around their activities, especially at their ages, they're six and nine and they're involved in a lot of different activities. So, but I love it. I love getting to spend as much time as possible with them. So
0: so sports, you got to drive the mom van, mm-hmm. the caravan to the sports. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. okay. So if we were to open your trunk, what would be in your trunk? Let me guess. A chair, some water. <laughs> you're You're pretty close. An umbrella. Uh-huh. An umbrella. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: That is true. I know. Um, yeah, a blanket for the, um, for the grass. I'm kind of a minimalist, so I like my car really clean. So there's some, some wet wipes, baby wipes, a blanket to put on the grass, um, some sunscreen and some water. My husband has some chairs in his vehicle, but
0: Mm.
1: I like to keep it kind of clean. So not too
0: much.
1: Okay. Uh Okay. (laughs) So you don't have any hobbies? Take the kids out of it. I know, I know. We So hobbies, we like to go camping. We just got a camper again. So we had one for a while. We kind of outgrew it. Um, We got a camper. So we love to explore and get out, get outside. So that's one of our passions.
0: Camping, does it have running water? You, usually it always
1: has, yeah. Running water. We have
0: like, okay. like, travel trail. So <laughs> you're laughing. I mean running water. They I I don't I don't I don't poop outside. I I'm a indoor kind
1: of girl. Yeah, I can't even remember. I'm thinking you know there's a few places and some of those are the most majestic where they can't get the water and power in, but that's like a you know maximum 2 days stay for me. I'm not, you know, I like to take a shower and but some of the best places are pretty remote so there's some places some lakes in Oregon and they're just beautiful but it means they don't have power and they sometimes don't have running water so
0: but there's a lake
1: you can just jump in the lake oh you can can can.
0: so well there is dry shampoo thank god for whoever invented that right (laughs) that's right that it had to have been a woman um dry shampoo is a lifesaver yes 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 so, um, okay. So camping, mm-hmm. do you like hike?
1: Yeah. I'm I'm in for like a good three to five mile hike, you know, nothing too strenuous. Like if there's too big a cliffs, I'm not, you know, I'll do it one time and then that's it. But yeah, I like, I like to, to walk and hike, but do you, do you take the kids? Yeah, we do. Which I think is great because, gets them outside, but then, you know, a six and a nine-year-old can't be that strenuous. They can't go beyond like five, six miles. So that's <laughs> right in my wheelhouse.
0: Okay. Okay. I would leave them be like, listen, fun for yourself. This is survival of the fittest these <laughs> days.
1: <laughs> Sorry about your luck. You can't make it back to camp. Not my problem. Some of those conversations might be happening, but there's yeah. a lot of bribing going on as well. Which I'm always in for. I'm not. I'm not that. Yeah.
0: I gotcha. Okay. All right. So school coming to an end. It is.
1: Wraps up. Like I think in my kids have a countdown. It's less than 20 days. So I think it's like June. I should know this. My husband. Why so late? June 10th. Well, you know, Oregon. um, I guess we start a little bit later. Last year it was even more towards the end of June, but I forget the rest of the country. Oftentimes wraps it even earlier, right? When's yeah, my oh, kids are done tomorrow. Oh, they are. Okay. let well, see. It's still raining here. So we got to We have to wait till the sunny season, which mm-hmm. is starting to get into June. We hope so.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So you have still some quiet time without children, but it sounds like though you go into an office.
1: I, um, you know, I haven't been as much. Um, I go into the office for, you know, team meetings and events with the leadership team. And I'll go in more this summer now, that gotcha. uh, yeah, it's opening up.
0: So your restrictions and everything are off. So your, your employees are kind of back to normal life.
1: That's right. As
0: normal as it can be. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what um, other than camping this summer,
1: any big travel plans? have we're going to um central oregon which is a beautiful spot if you haven't been um we're going to spend some time at sun river which is just a um kind of a local um resort town it's beautiful so but just out outside a lot in oregon this summer is what we're doing
0: gotcha okay no i've never been to um the west coast um I always get nervous, like California is going to fall into the ocean someday. So, like, I don't know why. I just uh...
1: okay. We got to get not that you're
0: in California, but I'm just saying, like, you always, you know.
1: Okay, we'll get you out here. It is amazing, and okay, it's a great spot. And California um, has some beautiful places you got to check out too.
0: Just as long as it doesn't fall in the ocean while I'm there, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm good. You'll be fine. I promise. Okay. All right. So if you had to give women advice, what would it be
1: with all your experience? Hmm. Gosh, that's a big question, Elizabeth. Um, it's a loaded, it's loaded. I know so much. It's a big question. How much time do we have? Um, <laughs> what, what could I synthesize? I, you know, when I, I spend a lot of time with employees, especially right now with being virtual And I set up these one-to-ones with every employee on in the marketing team, at least once a year, um, I try to get it to two times a year. And a question I often get uh, answered or asked is, you know, how do I balance my work and family? And this comes from a lot of the females in, in these private conversations. And I've just been surprised by how often it comes up, even for women who have been working in the, um, for many years, sometimes decades. So for me, it kind of just, I guess maybe some of that advice is to, is to, to not limit our aspirations when we have a family. I think for me, when I had my kids, it almost put a laser focus for me on, if I couldn't spend time with my kids, I was going to make the most of that time away from them and show them what's possible. So um, I also think it's okay for us to to say, look, I want to do both these things. And of course, there's going to be trade-offs in both directions, but it's okay to actually ask for things that we need in order to do both well, right? And not feel like it's something we can't discuss. You know, I, I just had someone reach out to me in my network and she was going to be, she's being asked to be a CMO in another company. And she said, but they want me to travel there like two times a quarter or three times a quarter. I just have this baby. And I said, well, what do you want? And she said, well, I want to travel like once a quarter back to headquarters. And I said, well, then tell them that, tell them that this is what I would is most comfortable for me and fits my schedule. Um, and so she did it and she came back and she said, I told them what I wanted. And they said, okay. They said, yeah, that's fine. So I think it's, if I were to summarize, it like, don't limit our ambitions. Because, you know, because of the family dynamics, actually dial them up, but also be really clear on what we need to be great mothers as well. So what do you think? That's Rudy? great.
0: No, I think that's great. We sell ourselves short, Gotta stand tall.
1: That's right. And that's everyone, right. everyone, everyone, all employees, what I realized that the more people I oversee and manage in different scenarios, everyone has different things that they need, right? Sometimes women just mm-hmm. think they're very unique and we are in a lot of ways, but asking for it should not be something that we should shy away from.
0: I agree. That's great advice.
1: All right. Well, see. That was easy, right? Totally yeah. chill you're very relaxed and very chill. Oh, it, it was a really fun conversation just to, to hang out with you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate
0: it. You're a busy lady and um, I want you to be able to go and spend a little time with those two little ones you got going on there. And um, I appreciate your time and um, I hope maybe we can talk real soon again. Maybe, maybe I'll come out to Portland.
1: You definitely need to come to the West Coast. The fact that you haven't been to Oregon, I thought was okay. But the fact that you haven't been to the West Coast, we need to get you out here. So let's make it happen. There's lots of great conferences, and I would host you any day at Tektronix as well.
0: Oh, I'd love to come out there. I've made it to Vegas. Does that count?
1: (laughs) It doesn't. We're all shaking our head. Mm -mm. Everybody's disappointed. They're all like, oh, man, she failed. But we also have an office in uh, Solon, Ohio. So I will look you up next time I'm out there. I know it's further away from where you are, but it's, it's closer than Oregon to when
0: Yeah. Yeah. I will come and visit. I would. Yeah. I definitely. Well, ladies, I so appreciate you jumping on this late in the evening. Um, Oh no, it's only four o'clock your time. Five o'clock. Oh my God. This is perfect timing for you. So you get off and you can have dinner. Um, I totally see how I jacked that up three hours behind. So, um, but Christy, I appreciate you. Um, love, love, love your journey. And, uh, we'll talk again real soon.
1: Sounds great. Thank you, Elizabeth.
0: Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time and feel free to drop us a line at getwitted.org.